Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Samuels vs. Schlanger. I'm Leighton Samuels, I'm Leighton Schlanger, and we have more COVID news. Surprise! That's absolutely right. We do, in fact, have more COVID news. Um, at this point, like, what, like, what, what does it feel like? Like, does it, this is, this doesn't even surprise me at this point. Like, like, we got this news that the Las Vegas Raiders were going to put their entire offensive line on the reserve COVID list. And we also have, what was the other one? We have Joey Sly and uh, one other guy on the Carolina Panthers going to the reserve COVID list. That's a lot of guys going to the reserve COVID list in one day. You're absolutely right. And at this point, we have come to expect it. It is a part of the NFL season in a really strange way that I feel like it was never quite a part of, say, the baseball season. Like, when when these teams were going down with COVID in baseball, they were going down. They were no longer a part of the season for, like, a bit. And it was a really strange phenomenon. But it only happened to three teams. Now, in the NFL, it's it's become a part. It's just like, oh, yeah, 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 that guy's going on the reserve COVID list. They'll be back. It's fine. Um... Like at this point, you know, I'm I'm hoping for the best. Oh, absolutely so am I. Like we're just hoping that these players stay healthy and that we know that they are getting the best possible professional medical care that they possibly can. Um, and we are just hoping that they stay healthy. I mean, what else are we gonna do? I mean, it's it's a weird, strange feeling because to be perfectly honest, of course. I'm a football fan. I'm happy that we still have football. It's great. But, you know, something could be something could be done better. You know, I don't know what it is. I'm not a, a league official or anything. But it, it this can be better. And it, it's it's be, it's come to the point where we've become callous to COVID. Um which I think is is kind of a dangerous mindset when you think about it. It's it like we we are becoming numb to a deadly virus that is being contracted by professional football players and could potentially impact, you know, not just the short term of their careers but the long term of their careers or their entire lives. And yeah, that sucks and that is scary, um especially for them and especially for their families, but it is our job to continue for as long as the NFL keeps treating this as normal, we have to keep treating it as fantasy news as well. So we will analyze a little bit, especially with the uh, Vegas Raiders whole offensive line. Like, how can we not um, at least uh, throw in some fantasy analysis if some of them have to miss or all of them have to miss? So we will hit that. We have a lot of football to hit because guess what? We had a Thursday night game. So uh, we get to recap that. Uh, we also get to hit some teams and some players that we did not have time to hit on Tuesday. Get a little more fantasy analysis in there. And then we, of course, are going to close out the Friday episode, just like we always do, with our flex picks. That's right, baby. That way I can tell you how wrong you were on Tuesday when you were wrong about everything. You can try, my friend. But first, hit that drop. I hate this drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. Samuels versus Schlanger. Oh, this is gonna be brutal. 
Sweet! We are going to kick off this segment with the Thursday night recap between the riveting Philadelphia Eagles and the arousing New York football giants. I'm so glad, so glad that you clarified that we were talking about the football giants and not the New York baseball giants. Well, you know, maybe some of our listeners were born before the year uh, who, 1957, 1957 was the last time we had the New York baseball giants. So why, why in God's good name would you be bringing up the New York baseball giants? I, I didn't bring up the New York baseball giants. I was saying we were talking about the New York football giants. Ah, uh, you are so infuriating. I know. I love it. So the New York football giants led by the one, the only Danny Dimes, I'm going to call him Danny Feats. Danny Feats. Danny Feats. That's never going to catch on. Well, if I start saying it, other people might. Danny Feats got you 9.2 points just just with his feats. Um, he almost got you like nine, like 16 points with his feats, but he was tackled by the paint on the 10-yard line and um, didn't quite make it into the end zone. Yeah! And, you know, he he made up for it by tossing a touchdown pass, so it's not you lost two points from that. And if you're starting Daniel Jones, um, you are frankly just happy to have gotten the 22 fantasy points that you got from him. Um, a good day for Daniel Jones. Um, a decent day for quite a few of these, these New York Giants posi- uh, skill position players. Um, he's in this first game back, and Sterling Shepard got you 17.9 fantasy points, while Darius Slayton only got you 4.3 fantasy points. What do you make of this with your New York football giants? Well, okay, for one, Sterling Shepard, we knew that he was going to have value in the preseason. We just also knew that Darius Slayton wasn't going away, that Golden Tate would probably have some value. Um, Golden Tate caught a touchdown in this. Um, we knew that uh, Evan Ingram was going to be hogging targets. So we knew that Sterling Shepard was good. We just didn't know which games he was going to be good in. And with Darius Slay shadowing Darius Slay 10, um, yeah, Sterling Shepard had his opportunity to shine. So did Evan Ingram. Uh, Golden Tate actually didn't do much outside of his touchdown pass. But if you happened to start Golden Tate, I don't know really why you would in anything less than like a 14-team league. Um, but hey, <laughs> New York Giants pass catchers doing their thing. But not just the pass catchers. I mean, you got Wayne Gallman getting you 16.4 fantasy points. Um, and and Devontae Freeman was, was knocked out with an injury, so so that was all all Gallman. And, and here's the thing. I can't imagine that anyone was starting Wayne Gallman after he got zero rush attempts uh, last week. Um, but Deion Lewis coughed up a fumble, and Devontae Freeman got injured. And here's the thing. It's not like Wayne Gallman really had a ton of opportunity. He just ran for a touchdown. He only averaged 3.4 yards per carry, only ran the ball 10 times. Um, he did catch all five of his targets, so he did get 15 total touches, which is good. Like, you're kind of aiming for that with a starting running back, but again, it is the Giants. Like, if Devontae Freeman misses time, sure, Wayne Gallman has a little bit of value, but I think it goes back to the pre-Devontae Freeman days 
where it's just a Wayne Gallman and Dion Lewis split, and it's just fun for no one. You know what I think is hilarious? What do you? What could you possibly think is hilarious about anything involving the New York football giants, especially Daniel Jones being tackled by the paint on the 10-yard line? <laughs> that is funny. Um, I think it's funny that they, they, they got Evan Ingram two carries. Not one. They schemed two carries for Evan Ingram, one of which went for seven yards and one of which went for negative four yards. So, you know, with, with mixed results, but like... They, I think they're sick of Evan Ingram not getting the ball. He led the team in targets, plus he had two carries. Like, they know he is one of their playmakers, and I know he has struggled up to this point, but I think brighter days are ahead for Evan Ingram. Uh, the Giants have been so close to winning so many games. It's actually really... Uh, it's it, it's kind of sad for them. It, it really kind of is, because they're, they've been more fun to watch than we have all expected. Um, speaking of fun to watch, what do you think about those Philadelphia Eagles? Well, Carson Wentz decided to show up to play a game of football. <laughs> what else would they be playing? Baseball? No, no, no. You, gosh, we're going to be making this joke the whole episode and everyone's going to get tired of it. Carson Wentz, 27.4 fantasy points. A lot of this is also done with his legs, not just Danny Feats. We got Carson Wentz, Wentz, Feats. I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. That was sad. Yes, it was. Um, But he gets you 14 yards and a touchdown on the ground, in addition to throwing for 359 yards. I mean, Carson Wentz was working. He had to pull off a a two-touchdown fourth-quarter comeback, and he made it happen. Um, The prime beneficiary of that was once again Travis Fulgham who, well, not fully beneficiary. He caught less than half of his targets. Um, Richard Rodgers actually led the team in receiving yards, um, which honestly just goes to show you how valuable both Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz can be once they are back from injury. And I know, I know it's tough to keep holding on to Zach Ertz and to keep hoping that he will get better. But Dallas Goddard might be back next week, and I think he takes this job back from Richard Rodgers. And it's Philadelphia Eagles tight ends. Like, you start them when they're there. Richard Rodgers gets you a total of 14.5 fantasy points, and you will take that out of the tight end position every single time. Like I said, Travis Fulgham still led the team in targets. He's the pass catcher that you want. Deshaun Jackson was back for this. He was um, he was knocked out of the game uh, for at least a bit after taking a brutal hit while while uh, receiving a punt. Um, so Deshaun Jackson's out for the foreseeable future. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, the Eagles are clearly trying to trade him. So Travis Fulgham, get him on your team if, if he's still available, which he probably isn't at this point. Um, but he could carry a lot of value. Greg Ward has all but disappeared. Um, although Greg Ward did have a decent game, uh, scoring you 15.2 fantasy points. But he did catch a touchdown pass, uh, which Travis Fulgham did not. So, and it's 11 targets to 6 targets. Like, I will take the 11 targets every single time. As far as ball carriers, uh, what do you think of this mess? Well, it's... It's not much of a mess. Like, we thought that it would be a mix of Boston Scott and Corey Clement, but it was Boston Scott. 
And a part of that, I think, was the Eagles found themselves playing from behind early in the third quarter and needed to catch up. Boston Scott got you five targets, three receptions, 46 yards, and a touchdown on that. Um, Boston Scott, he's your guy. For as long as, as Miles Sanders is out, Boston Scott, which we all knew, and because Boston Scott has done this before. He's averaged, I think, over 16 fantasy points uh, when he is the quote-unquote lead back in Philadelphia. Uh, if you have him, I think you're starting him, uh, especially because next week the Eagles will be playing the Dallas Cowboys. And if Miles Sanders ain't back, Boston Scott might be a top 10 play with just how terrible the Dallas Cowboys defense is. Sweet! I think that about covers the Thursday night game, don't you? Oh, yeah. No, I think we did great on that. Um, let us go ahead and we have a we have a we have an episode sponsor um, who is not paying us like we're still not getting paid to do this thing. Um, do you want to hit this live read? I do. And we are actually getting it in the middle of the episode. This is amazing. We're not waiting until the end. So actually, you know what? I I'm going to have you take this one. Oh, OK. Um, fine. Putting me to work. OK, here we go. Do you love fantasy football? Do you often find yourself conflicted about who to start every week? Do you sometimes wish you could be two people at the same time? We know how you feel. You should try Samuels vs. Schlanger. Listening to just two episodes of Samuels vs. Schlanger each week will help you find perspective both on and off the fantasy football field when you realize, man, at least I'm not as dysfunctional as this guy. So subscribe now and receive that instant boost of self-confidence from acknowledging that your id and ego get along way better than these two guys. The best part is, if you use the promo code SVS, you'll get 20% off the free bi-weekly subscription. That's right, 20% off something that is already free. Samuels vs. Schlanger. Tricks are for kids! <laughs> I guess our copywriter got um got a little lazy there at the end. <laughs> yeah, um, we are not a serial, um, and we definitely would not change our shape away from a bunch of unique shapes and turn us into a bunch of shapeless spheres. Did you just throw shade at Trick Cereal? I sure did. I don't know why they ever changed the shapes. The shapes were great. Why would you change to interesting shapes and just become spheres? That's so boring. <laughs> wow. Okay, um, we are not a... Uh... <laughs> We are not a serial um, podcast, and we are also um, apparently our own sponsors today, which I didn't know that was possible, so that's cool, right? I guess so. Um, I'm not going to choose not to think about it. We are going to move on. We are going to cover a few of those players and teams we did not get to on Tuesday, starting with the Indianapolis Colts. And their lead running back, Jonathan Taylor, and the whole... Boy, um, like, what do you do with this guy? He is, he's the strangest anomaly of a player that I have encountered in a long time. Like, he's not bad. He got you 15.5 points this week, this past week. He got you 15.4 points the week before, 8.9 before that, like, 13.3. Like, he's, he's a high floor, but, like, his ceiling 
is his floor. Like, how does that even happen? Like, this is a guy who is guaranteed to get you somewhere between 9 and 16 points. No more, no less. Like, what do you... What do you make of that? Like, how do you how do you move forward? I mean, being comfortable with Jonathan Taylor as your RB two. Well, first of all, first of all, you have to be comfortable with the fact that you got him. You know, not late in drafts per se, but like you got him at around the RB two region, and that's what he's returning right now. He's returning on RB two value, which I would say is just like consistency like a high floor player is an extremely underrated asset in the game of fantasy football whenever like a sub a a a single digit fantasy point game from an rb2 spot can ruin your week but like how can you feel good about him only reaching what we suppose is his floor when he has faced teams like the Bengals, the jets the browns like these are not solid run defense especially the Jets like like he should have destroyed the Jets you're supposed to reach your ceiling against the Jets and his ceiling against the Jets was was friggin oh god how many points did he score against the Jets I don't know why I did not have this up right here he scored you 13.2 fantasy points against the Jets and the worst part about it is he had a touchdown in that game and touchdowns aren't the guarantee so you're looking at 7.2 fantasy points without a touchdown like are you kidding that was against the Jets that was also that was also four weeks ago and he was still getting accustomed to the offense he had put up 20.5 fantasy points before that in Minnesota he had that breakout game we were so thrilled it was gonna be Jonathan Taylor time but like this is frustrating bro I'm gonna tell you why though I'm gonna tell you why you should hang on to him and hang on hope and if anything if someone is is disgruntled with Jonathan Taylor like like Schlanger is over here well, I don't have him on my team so well if you did have him on your team and you were a disgruntled team owner and and someone like Schlanger is in your league I might try to get Jonathan Taylor why why would you possibly want Jonathan Taylor who has proved that his ceiling is like 15 fantasy points because like Indianapolis might have the easiest schedule over the course of the rest of the season especially as far as defensive go defenses go there is only between now and week 16 which you might have to do from some math but that's like nine weeks eight weeks um between now and week 16 there is only one team that that has a defense ranked better than 22nd in the league in defensive DVOA. And that is week nine against Baltimore, which obviously you might not want to start Jonathan Taylor in week nine against Baltimore, who just got Yannick Ngakwe to make their defense even better. Insane, insane Baltimore defense. But we're talking about fantasy here, and we're talking about Jonathan Taylor. He is facing the Texans twice. He's facing the the best defense that he faces is Tennessee, and they're the ones who are the 22nd ranked defense in the league, and he faces them twice. And plus, he gets Houston in week 15. That's the beginning of some of your fantasy uh, playoffs, and and as we established on Tuesday, you want to play your running backs against Houston. Like, his schedule is so easy. It's Detroit. It's, it's, oh my God, I just... You feel good. It got Green Bay. Green Bay is giving up the most running back points right now 
uh, in fantasy, like, yeah, yeah, I feel good about that. I feel good. You should try to buy low on Jonathan Taylor if their owner is disgruntled with him. I want to, I think that, I think that you're wrong. I like I I think that that is Jonathan Taylor's ceiling and I do, I do not think you should overspend on Jonathan Taylor. But I want to talk about another guy briefly who I have not heard I I listen to a couple of fantasy football podcasts myself. Um Samuels does too. We talk about the ones that we listen to and neither of us have heard the name Marcus Johnson show up in any of them. And we might have just been, like, not listening too hard. But, like, this is a guy who has only been active for the past three weeks this season. And his targets have gone from one to three to eight for Indianapolis. His snap percentage has gone from 47% to 54% to 63%. So, like, is he a guy? in Indianapolis that we want to look at because Indianapolis pass catchers have been a disappointment to say the least. I mean, yes, his, his snap percentage and his targets are going up every single week. And obviously he had a very good week, um, this past week, but you know, Zach Pascal and T.Y. Hilton are on the, are on the field for 94% of snaps at least, uh, over the past three weeks. So like, they're the top two wide receivers, no matter what. Um, and you want to be on the field so that you can have opportunities to catch the ball. And I don't know if Marcus Johnson is on the field enough to to warrant even looking at. This this guy, Marcus Johnson, and I might blow your mind with this, Samuels. I highly doubt that since I'm the one that did all this research. But I'm still going to blow your mind. Over the past three weeks... He has outscored T.Y. Hilton and Zach Pascal, and he has not even caught a touchdown pass. Marcus Johnson has been their best fantasy-wide receiver over the past three weeks, and that includes the first week he was active in which he had one target. Like, I don't know. Like, sometimes Phillip Rivers is just a weird quarterback, and, and you don't know, but like, I'm not saying that you should all rush to the free agent pool and pick up Marcus Johnson. Um, I know if if you're looking in Yahoo, Marcus Johnson is still available in how many leagues? I'm pulling it up right now. He is available in 99% of leagues. So I don't think you need a rush to pick him up. They're on a bye week anyway, but like, I just think it's so interesting and I think it points more to the fact that T.Y. Hilton is having one of the most disappointing seasons for an extremely talented wide receiver that we could possibly be seeing from him. Moving on to the next team I think that's actually that's some wonderful analysis uh I don't think Marcus Johnson is a thing but it is certainly something to think about um in Detroit we now have a, uh, a little star running back alert. We have DeAndre Swift, who picks up 27.3 fantasy points in this game uh, that, that he played on Sunday. Like, is this, is this the beginning of something? Are you just going to keep tossing up these volleys to me? Because I am loving this. I will go through all of the fantasy analysis while all you do is ask me questions. Um, yeah, I'm going to let you keep rolling. You're on a roll right now. So, yeah, hit it. DeAndre Swift, what do you think? I think 
Sell him. Sell him right now. I know we actually just sold him. We are proud owners of Austin Eckler, and we were not able to get Justin Jackson. So we traded DeAndre Swift this week for Justin Jackson, and I I am very happy um, with the fact that we were able to get Justin Jackson, who will be great, I think, over the next four or five weeks until Austin Eckler comes back. Um, and then I have Austin Eckler's handcuff. I am happy with that. DeAndre Swift, this is the very first game this season that he has had more than five rushes. What? There's no, there's no way. He has been semi-fantasy relevant. How has he only had... Wow, yeah, no, that is... That's right. In week two, he had five rushes against Green Bay. He had zero rushes against Arizona, four against New Orleans. Like, I... This is the first time he's had more than five rushes this season. And he's also been averaging four targets per game. Guess how many targets he had in this game? Four. That's it. He had nine additional rushes, and somehow he got you 27.3 fantasy points. Clearly, the kid is talented. I am not arguing that he is talent, but... Use this to sell DeAndre Swift. In his in, in three seasons running the team, Matt Patricia has always employed at least two backs in a committee. Uh, I, Adrian Peterson put up 12.8 fantasy points this past week. That's no that's no bad performance. Adrian Peterson isn't going anywhere. Last year, when we were all saying, "Gosh, free carry on Johnson, free carry on Johnson," and I know carry on Johnson was dealing with some injuries, but like. Bo Scarborough got a ton of carries. Jamie McKissick caught a lot of balls out of the backfield. Remember when we thought that Ty Johnson was going to be a thing? Exactly. This is what Matt Patricia does the year prior. Um, the Carryon Johnson was a rookie. Who else did they have? LeGarrett freaking Blunt, who was honestly most of the time that season the running back that you wanted on that team because he was the one scoring touchdowns. But still, that was a running back split. So DeAndre Swift and Adrian Peterson are going to be splitting this backfield the whole time. And sure, DeAndre Swift is the better pass catcher and Detroit's defense isn't that great. But I think this is the highest scoring week that DeAndre uh, Swift gets you this whole season. Sell him when and if you can. Uh, moving on to the next team, we got the Ravens, and I know you wanted to talk about Lamar Jackson because you have him in one of your leagues. I, I do want to talk about Lamar Jackson, and not, gosh, not not because he's been bad. He got he got us over twenty eight fantasy points last week, and that's amazing. Like that's that is what we've been looking for. Lamar Jackson has been struggling a little bit this season. He certainly hasn't been producing like he has in seasons past. Um, the only problem is. Those of us who have invested in more than just Lamar Jackson on the Ravens. Because Lamar Jackson is the whole offense. They put up 30 points last week. And the average NFL team scores about 26 points per game. So like 30 points is is good for an NFL offense to score. Their defense didn't score any points. So like you know this was all the offense. Lamar Jackson and Nick Boyle were the only two players in the Baltimore, on the whole team, to score double-digit fantasy points. And of course, Lamar Jackson got most of them with his 28. I love Mark Andrews. I know you do. 
Last week, you said you liked him rest of season more than Travis Kelsey. I know, I know. Samuels is wrong, baby. Even on Friday, we get it in. I know, I know. Mark Andrews, oh God, he has had four or fewer targets in half of the games that he has played this season. He He's one of the most talented tight ends. He's one of the top red zone targets in the game. But, like, he put up 4.1 fantasy points. Like... You can't do that. And like we have to hope that the bye week they can they can get things situated and get get this offense figured out. But like for anyone who invested in this high powered Ravens offense in any player except for Lamar Jackson, like you're just you're a little worried. You're a little little worried. And Travis Kelsey is the number one tight end in fantasy, and it is not even close. Well, George Kittle might have something to say about that. Not George Kittle. Travis Kelsey. And you didn't even say George Kittle. You said Mark Andrews. Well, we're not going to talk about that because we have to move on while we still have time to our flex plays. Wow, we are, gosh, we are almost out of time already. So we are going to go ahead and hit these fast. I am going to keep doubling down on this until the day I die. Chase Edmonds, that's right. Um, he is once again. This, these are these are running backs and wide receivers ranked out of the top twenty in both Yahoo Fantasy and ESPN Fantasy. Chase Edmonds is right around twenty nine in both, and they might have kept Andy Dalton in check, but they're not going to do the same to Russell Wilson. And the Seahawks are going to put up points on Arizona. Um, the Seahawks have trouble with their defense, and I think they're better against the run than they are against the pass, which means I think we're going to be spending more time with Chase Edmonds than Kenyon Drake. So I'm not only just saying that Chase Edmonds is a good flex play, I am saying it right here, right now. Chase Edmonds outscores Kenyon Drake this week. That is a bold statement after you started Chase Edmonds over Kenyon Drake last week and had that rubbed in your face bad. I know, I know, but you know what? I'm going to stand by my guy, and I'm going to stand by my philosophy that in negative game scripts, you want Chase Edmonds on the field in in your fantasy lineup as opposed to Kenyon Drake. Who do you got as far as running backs go? I got J.D. McKissick. Now, he is the pass-catching back in Washington. Um, Antonio Gibson is is the, he's almost a workhorse, but J.D. McKissick is just getting these opportunities. And the Washington defense has given up at least 129 rushing yards in every single game uh, since since week one. Not in week one. Week one, they, they were locked down. But um, week two on, they've given up at least 129 rushing yards, and they have not faced any running back nearly as effective as a very angry Zeke. Elliot, and I mean angry. If you think that Zeke is going to forgive himself for his performance last week without just tearing it apart next week, I think he's going to be playing angry, and I expect them to just feed Zeke the whole game, which means I think the Dallas Cowboys offense is actually going to hum, and if they hum, Washington's going to be playing from behind, and if they're playing from behind, you want J.D. McKissick, who in both Yahoo and ESPN is ranked in the mid or late 20s. Who do you have for wide receivers? I have Deontay Johnson. And I don't even have many stats here for this because, you know, he's been injured so much in the past few weeks. But if he's healthy, 
I like him more than Chase Claypool. If he's healthy, I like him more than Juju Smith-Schuster. He was leading the league in targets when he was healthy at the beginning of this season. I don't think that's gone just because Chase Claypool has had a couple of good weeks in Deontay Johnson's absence. I love Deontay Johnson this year. I think he blows up against Tennessee this week. Um, And for the Pittsburgh Steelers, for how good their defense is, the Tennessee offense is pretty freaking high-powered right now. And um, I think that, that the Steelers will have to throw the ball to win this game. Who is your wide receiver, my friend? Oh, well, I got Jamison Crowder. And, you know... All Jamison Crowder, first of all, first of all, this blows my mind. Jamison Crowder is definitely in the mid-20s ranked in both Yahoo and ESPN. He is not a top 20 wide receiver in either of these rankings. All he has done this season is be 7th in the league amongst skill position players on a points-per-game basis, scoring over 21 fantasy points per game. That is better than Calvin Ridley on a points-per-game basis, and Calvin Ridley is still the number one wide receiver in fantasy. Like, how is Jamison Crowder being underappreciated like he is right now? It is baffling to me. And the Bills' defense is not the Bills' defense of years past. They have been struggling. Buffalo is ranked 29th out of 32 teams in defensive DVOA, they they don't scare me, and I don't care whether it's Sam Darnold or Joe Flacco or friggin' Joe Schmo. Like they they could bring back Mark Sanchez uh, to the Jets, and I would still be happy starting Jamison Crowder, especially in the flex spot. Um, yeah, just just start Jamison Crowder until he proves you wrong. I could not agree more with that. Um, some other guys that you want to look at, T. Higgins, um, we talked about him on Tuesday, so I don't need to go too in-depth here. DJ Moore has also fallen in rankings to be out of the top 20 in both Yahoo and ESPN. He's DJ Moore. Um, I know Robbie Anderson is, has recently, has been the number one target in Carolina this year, but they still love DJ Moore, and he's going to keep getting opportunities, a great flex play, and I told you I was going to talk about the Vegas Raiders and their entire offensive line um, (laughs) being on the COVID reserve list. If they can't play, or if even some of them can't play, Tampa Bay is going to absolutely... Tampa Bay already has the number one defense in the NFL right now. Tampa Bay will shut them down, which means Leonard Fournette will get his opportunities, not just Ronald Jones. Start Leonard Fournette. If you could put the Tampa Bay defense in your flex spot, I would say put the Tampa Bay defense in your flex spot because the Tampa Bay defense is going to go out of their freaking mind. Sit Josh Jacobs, maybe. No, don't sit Josh Jacobs. You're never going to sit Josh Jacobs. But Vegas is going to struggle against Tampa. Tampa is going to run all over Vegas. Leonard Fournette, a great flex play. That is all the time we have today. Um, like that live read said, subscribe to us. Share us, please. We, we, we need more listeners. We would love more people um, to hear us every single week. Um, and we would, love, uh, we would love to help them out. You know, that live read space is available. If uh, if people want to, uh, you know, get their word out once we uh, get things going. Stop. You're, you sound like a cheap whore. <laughs> Can we say cheap whore on this podcast? Well, I just did. And now we have to end the podcast. So that's it. Thank you so much, everybody. We will see you on Tuesday.